Welcome into a News for Jacks podcast. I'm Jamal Saints here alongside Justin Barney. We're in full-on off-season mode. It's Super, Super Bowl week. Jaguars didn't quite make it there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played in his first Pro Bowl yep. and then sent out the tweet afterward. He said maybe we can replace pro with another word for next <laughs> That's year. That's right. So. So I, yeah, I tweeted after he was uh, announced as a Pro Bowl guy. This is maybe the only one he gets to experience in his career. I mean, right? hey, if, if everything right? goes right, you yeah. know, it's wishful thinking. That's right. Hey, it's a little <laughs> presumptuous, but hey, that's that's uh, that's the kind of optimist we are yeah. here. So we talked about doing a redraft of yeah. 2022 um, in one of our last News Project podcasts, and that brings us to today. Nice. We're gonna we're gonna redraft it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of look at the draft class from last year, evaluate it a little bit, say if we'd have done something a little bit different than maybe what the Jaguars did with a few of the picks. We'll go through and redraft the whole top ten. Then go to the Jaguars' second first round mm-hmm. pick, and then just kind of talk about the draft class as a whole because we're kind of getting into that point where. We're peaking toward free agency, but it's still a little bit early. Right. And uh, the draft is right around the corner. Senior Bowl was last week. East West Shrine game was last week. So uh, we're evaluating some of those players as we kind of get ready to go full steam into the draft right. in the coming months. We're but, two uh, months and eight days away from free agency. Yeah. And it's not going to be like the free agency from last no, year. It's going to be more no. subdued. But It's, it's going to be a lot tougher to see the find the players that the Jaguars <laughs> will be in the market for. Right. Because <laughs> before That's, you just looked at the top of the list, okay, who's the best guy? Right. Can they throw money and convince them to come? Now yeah. it's going to be like, okay, well, who fits? Can they afford them? Can they, Do they have enough opportunity to convince the guy to take like a one-year prove-it deal like an Arden mm-hmm. here and Evan Ingram? So that that's going to be a, a, a whole process in and of itself, a fun one. But uh, it, it's good problems to have when you yes. don't have those like glaring holes across right. the roster. And, you know, they've had those glaring holes. So that's, you know, we've you and I have talked about this before mm-hmm. on this podcast, but it's such a different offseason yeah. for the front office. It's a different offseason for the fans. It's a different offseason for the players. You know, for the players, you've been, you know, you're going to the offseason. Who's going to be my new coach? Right. Who Who is going right. to be, what new coaching staff? Are they going to like me? They didn't draft me. <laughs> Am I going to be here next year? So yeah. what offense are going to run? Am I drafted for uh, the previous regime's, you know, 3-4 alignment or 4-3 alignment? So it's a different offseason all the way around. We're not talking about picking in the top 10 of the draft or top two, one, you know, first pick overall last yeah. two years. Um, and before that was picking ninth. So you're not picking in the top 10 of the draft. You're picking 24th. I mean, you know, are they even having a draft party at Daly's Place that night? Because it's oh, going to be late in the really night late. when that pick is they made. Should. So. They should still open it up. But, you know, you're right. It's, it's it, different. We're talking about coaches taking interviews for other right? jobs. like, and, and they're still employed by the Jaguars. I, that doesn't have, that hadn't happened no. very often previously. But, you know, like Jim Bob Cooter has been on the, on the offensive coordinator interview circuit. Uh, there's a report out there that the Ravens wanted to speak to Press Taylor. Right. Jaguar said no to that very quickly. Uh, so it, it's a different kind of offseason, one that, you know, everyone should probably start to get used to because if Doug Peterson continues to do things the mm-hmm. way that he has pretty much in his entire coaching career, it's, this is what it's going to be it's like. Gonna, it's <laughs> the, the, the ascent is really uh, easy to see. And, again, that's this week. We'll find out if Doug Peterson is the NFL Coach of the Year yeah. and the NFL Honors. So uh, totally different offseason than what – you know, you and I are certainly accustomed to, and Jaguars fans, certainly different than what Sean Khan is used to this time of year. He's talking about, you know, last season it was the right. coaching carousel. Who are you hiring? Mm-hmm. What's going on? You're, you're scrubbing the residue of Urban Meyer off. You're picking number one in the draft again. 
Um, so completely different. I mean, Trevor is the talk of the NFL. Right. Um, it's just a different kind of offseason, and that's a good thing to have. It's a it good is problem a good to thing. Have. It is a good, good problem, problem to, have. to have. These are the expectations are high, so this is optimism season where everybody's feeling really good about the team. All of these possible scenarios for trading for stars, which we'll talk about some of the the stuff that's floating out there in another episode. But uh, let's get into the redraft. We don't have to go far into the draft. Jaguars had the number one overall right. pick. So uh, here's the question. Would you take Trayvon Walker in take number two? Um, I would I would not take Trayvon Walker, that mm. one. Again, I think he, he – we knew at the time. And, yeah. you know, you look at the overall stats, not that impressed this year. Three and a half sacks, a pick. Uh, again, you know, Trent Baalke was very careful to preface, you know, in his season-ending availability, saying Trayvon, you know, yeah, I didn't have the sacks, but sacks are an overrated metric in the system. How do you disrupt the play? How do you change the play? Um, but we knew Trayvon was going to be a project. We knew Trayvon Walker was going to be uh, a guy who was going to be a multi-year project yeah. uh, to convert him into the type of player. And I still don't think we know right now. And is he an outside linebacker? Is he a, a hand-in-the-dirt kind of defensive lineman? What do you... What are you if you're Trayvon Walker right now? Yeah, you're a disruptor. You had this uh, the versatility um, asterisk by you in college. You could play mm -hmm. everywhere, but you weren't really a one true position kind of guy. So I think we saw that with Trayvon Walker this year. What is he going to be? And um, he was a project last year. We knew it was going to be an investment. It wasn't going to be a short-term right. uh, fix for Trayvon Walker. Not fix, but it wasn't going to be a short-term reward for Trayvon Walker. It's playing for the long haul. So you're playing for that five to seven years you know, of him taking that, that Pro Bowl kind of leap. So I think just off off performance alone, um, I would not go Trayvon Walker with that number one pick. Knowing what we do now, if yep. I was on the clock with uh, with the Jaguars, I don't think there's any question about who I would take. Sauce Gardner, uh, he was number, what, four pick overall in the draft. Um, and the Jets got a, got a darn good one. I think that would be almost consensus across the board. One of the best rookie defensive backs uh, in quite – quite some time yeah I can't dispute that one we're I think we're on the same page uh number one overall if we're redoing it uh you, you got to take sauce Gardner. Mm -hmm. he was the most impressive rookie last year um I mean looks like he's going to be a lockdown corner mm -hmm. for I mean Darrell Rivas 2.0 for the Jets yeah. basically and he could have been coming to Jacksonville uh obviously that would have disrupted things after the way the Jaguars had approached free agency mm -hmm. since they had just paid Darius Williams they had paid Shaquille Griffin the year before yeah. but uh, if you're just looking at it on the rookie class and the talent alone and getting the best guy as of right now one year later Sauce Gardner is easily that number one overall pick because uh, Trayvon Walker while he could end up being the best player from this draft class he was not the best player immediately right from the group I think I think you you look at it and you preface it with say could yeah. and is and right sauce is sauce and Trayvon could, could yeah. be and again that's what Jacksonville is betting on with him anyway you're betting and, on potential and I, and I don't think that even you know when we do these redrafts it's uh, you, you wouldn't pick Trayvon why why you know people look at it as, a, as a, but this is the benefit of hindsight yeah hindsight's this, always 2020 and again you know you'll see redrafts and you'll see a, a Brock Purdy it was the last pick in the draft, and somebody will pick him second or third in the draft. Right. Know, I mean, this would have never happened. Sauce Gardner was not in the conversation for the one pick last year, but how he played as a rookie through 17 games, undisputed number one, number one pick overall there. pick. So yeah. we'll switch gears to uh, the number two pick. I'm yep. GM for the uh, Detroit Lions with this pick, and uh, originally drafted Aiden Hutchinson. And there was a lot of debate about 
Trayvon or Aiden mm -hmm. in Jacksonville's perspective. Obviously, Jacksonville went Trayvon. Detroit went Aiden Hutchinson. Right. And I'm the GM in Detroit with this pick, and I will go Aiden Hutchinson. Again, I think they nailed that pick. Um, he's in the conversation defensive rookie of the year. So I think in a redraft, Aiden Hutchinson still goes to the Lions. All right. I take the Texans, and if I'm the Texans, I'm going to go ahead and get my quarterback. I'm going to take Brock Purdy okay. here. I take Brock Purdy off the board. What we've seen from them is that the Texans had no answer. They kind of already knew Davis Mills wasn't that guy, and they've seen that Brock Purdy just had that it factor. I yeah. mean, he came out of nowhere and had it to make it work. The Texans would have their quarterback, probably wouldn't be picking in the position that they're picking now right. if they had gotten that quarterback. Because they do the roster's a rebuild, but – They'd be in a much better situation if they already had their guy. Of course. Um, so I, I'd give them Brock Purdy last year, especially based on what we saw with that run from the 49ers. So right. uh, a quarterback in the top five. There you okay. go. Okay, so mm. that takes quarterback out of the mix for the Texans in 2023. They're picking <laughs> number two in this year's draft. So um, so with that being said, I, I'm gonna you know the the 2022 draft was really panned for quarterback, mm -hmm. the depth of quarterbacks in that draft. So um, to to do this redraft. I'm going to pick, I have the Jets pick at number four now. Remember last year, um, they took Sauce Gardner, worked out well. He's off the board in this situation. Yep. With Brock Purdy off the board now, I'm going to stay quarterback with the Jets. Um, and, again, knowing what we know now, Zach Wilson, obviously Ain't not it. the guy. Right. Um, Kenny Pickett, Steelers. He could be the guy up in Pittsburgh, yeah. but in this redraft, he's going to be my guy with the New York Jets. I'm taking him at number four. So, two, you know, through four picks, we've got two quarterbacks off the board in the redraft. And, and, and that wasn't happening that last year. That was not happening last year. So, okay, through, through, uh, through four picks, we've got Sauce Gardner, Aiden Hutchinson, Brock Purdy, and our uh, other quarterback here, Kenny Pickett. So through four picks, mm -hmm. that's that's how it stands. So two quarterbacks off the board. I'll take over at five. I've got the Giants. And, uh, you know, they went with Kayvon Thibodeau, who looked really good. Um, but I'm going to actually go to the cornerback well again. Tariq Woolton, phenomenal okay. in Seattle. I mean, size, the speed combination. Uh, I think Thibodeau looked good. He fit well with the Giants, but I think Walton was the better player as a rookie and looks like he could be a better player overall. We'll have to wait and see how everything comes together for Thibodeau, but definitely as a rookie year, Walton was just a, a, a game changer for Seattle at, at that cornerback position. And it's so crazy when you're talking about a redraft and, you know, these aren't guys, you know, Brock Purdy, Tariq, these, it, it, I mean, these, these were not guys who were, you know, debatable top 20 picks. I mean, these guys were afterthoughts in the yeah. draft. Brock Purdy was the last pick in the draft. And in the redraft, you're talking about a fifth and a seventh round pick, both coming up and being taken in the top five. Just shows you how uh, impactful those types of players were. Okay, yeah. The Giants are off the board. Um, you know, to me, Carolina at number at number six. They they went Iki Iquanu at offensive tackle with their original pick. To me... If quarterback is not in play, and I, I don't think there's another quarterback, you know, I know Malik Wills uh, was a was a third round pick of the Titans. He's not to me the guy here for Carolina in the redraft. I'm going to go Kayvon Thibodeau, pair him with Brian Burns in Carolina. Uh, the quarterback is not there for Carolina, so in the redraft, I go Kayvon Thibodeau at number six. Original pick was offensive line. I'm giving them another pass rusher for Brian Burns. All right. See, I was hoping I was going to be able to nab Thibodeau no. at the, for the next round because I got the Giants again coming up at eight here or at seven here. Um, well, with Thibodeau off the board, I'm going to give him a wide receiver. I got to go Garrett Wilson. Okay. Uh, Giants had no help 
for uh, Daniel Jones this year at wide receiver. Garrett Wilson was phenomenal. I mean, both of those Ohio State receivers really were phenomenal in the draft. I couldn't go wrong with either one of them. Really, Drake London was pretty good too. Uh, but I think Garrett Wilson was just a little better of the trio of, of young receivers from last year's draft that have the arrow pointing up. So mm -hmm. uh, keep Garrett Wilson in New York, just switching colors. Okay. All right. Well, I, I respect that. Um, I'm going to, again, quarterback is not, there's not a guy in this redraft where I would say he's got a he's quarter. I'm, I'm not reaching on a Malik here. Mm -hmm. um, there's just not a guy to me. Macra, I just don't, there's not guys to me where I would say is, is worth a top 10 pick no, in a redraft. Not, so not after the, the at, two at number board. eight, following your pick of the Giants, original pick was Drake London. Receivers, I know there's not a quarterback to, to throw him the ball, but Drake mm -hmm. did very well. And in Atlanta, you don't know what's going to happen in Atlanta. They need a quarterback. Mariota's not the solution. Uh, they picked Drake London. I like the nucleus with London and um, Kyle Pitts up there. They need a quarterback. Again, not a reach for a quarterback here, but I'm going to stay with Drake London at number eight for the Falcons. That's solid. And uh, after that, I've got Seattle. Seattle took Charles Cross in the first go around. <sighs> I think I'm going to stick with Cross okay. there. Uh, he played pretty well for Seattle, and he's a guy that, I mean, the arrow's pointing upward on. I mean, he came out of school, and he's this phenomenal athlete, uh, and he's only going to get better. So I think there's a lot of hype around Charles Cross okay. and what he could be in the NFL, and he had a pretty good rookie season. So we'll stick with him there. Okay. I like uh, – I it's it, tough again here. Okay, I'm going New York Jets again. Again, knowing what we know now with um, quarterback is, is an issue, obviously, is, is them. Um, they've got the receiver. They don't have the defensive back in this draft. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Smith uh, for the Jets there at number 10. You know, originally took, uh, took Garrett Wilson. You know, Christian Watson's another. Christian Watson is a guy when we did our original draft. Uh, way back when, before the draft, he's a guy I mocked to the Jaguars with that second-round pick. Mm -hmm. I liked him, and he's a guy that, again, played well with the Packers. Could be a guy here that, that I picked, but um, I'm going to go with Tyler Smith of the Jets uh, with that number 10 pick. So that takes us through our redone top 10, mm -hmm. and you can see the we through, uh, flipped through those slides right there. Our first five and then our second five there. So that's our initial top there, the original pick. Um, of, of that from the 2022 draft and then our redone picks. I don't think there's any question about those first two picks for, uh, for us, Sauce Garner, Aiden Hutchinson. No. And, and even still some, some guys who were chosen where they were at, uh, sticking where they were at in their top ten. Garrett Wilson, uh, Drake London, Charles Cross, those guys still uh, in, those, in that top ten position. So as we move on down towards the first round, Jacksonville, remember they traded up. Mm -hmm. In the first round, they traded that second round pick, another yep. pick, moved into the tail end of the first round at number 27. Uh, we know what happened there. They took Devin Lloyd with that pick. You're, you're on the clock right now. We've, we've got, we're using the ESPN uh, redraft as kind of our barometer. Jamal, you're on the clock at 27 with that pick. Time is running out. That one's hard. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a little hard at this point to decide who I pick. I'd actually, kind of. I. Yeah, I'm not sure because ultimately, I don't think I'd pick Devin Lloyd in that slot. I think the again an arrow pointing upward on Lloyd. Not saying that this is a punt thing, but I mean he had a, a good rookie year, but he was pulled from the starting lineup. So, to be 100 percent honest, I think a guy that the Jaguars picked the last time should be in the conversation for that pick, Luke Fortner. Um, 
you know, Brandon Sheriff raved about this guy's intelligence and thinks the arrow's pointing upward on him. He held down that center position, kind of got better from week to week. It looked like a completely different player by the time the playoff rolled around from what he did in the preseason in week one. Uh, so I think he could make sense there. But if we're just going, uh, if we're going purely off talent, I don't think I could could pick him in that situation. Uh, I'd probably have to go. You know, well, we took Sauce Gardner in the, with the first yeah. pick. So if that's the case, then I'm probably going Jermaine Johnson. From uh, he went to the Jets first go around. Florida State prospect had a good rookie year. We're just stealing the Jets rookie class, I guess. <laughs> if, if, you, if I'm calling the shots, like just just give me the Jets class. We're good. Hey, that Jets did great yeah. in that uh, in that class. So um, Luke Fordner was a great pick. He mm -hmm. started every game and. Uh, third round pick. He, he certainly played up for it. I wish Christian Watson was still on there because I really liked him. I like him as that that building block. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. Okay. I know we, you know, I know we um, have gone a little defensive heavy there, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Jalen Petrie. I liked him. Um, Jalen Petrie. Jalen Peter. Uh, I, I like him in the secondary. Mm -hmm. I liked him. I, I like him to. Uh, to rove him around, I think he was a Texans, yeah. Texans original pick. Yep, um, he could play outside a little bit. Could play in there. I do like that. Uh, you're not planning on getting a season out of Rashawn Jenkins like you got, uh, but I like Jalen as well. Um, no, no tight end to me is worth jumping that high. You needed a tight end. Um, I did like Luke Fortner. I don't like him as as a first round pick for me. Um, I do like uh, I do like that Jalen pick it, to to advance with Andre Sisco kind of teaming up in the in the next couple of years. So, um, Sauce Gardner at one, I'm staying in the uh, I'm staying in the secondary for my second number one pick. Okay, yeah, you you revamped the whole secondary. I just stole the Jets draft class. <laughs> I mean, essentially, you know, I, I went with the corner and, and went with positional value to add another pass rusher. So, all right, so that takes us through, I guess, what we'll do as far as the redraft, but then we'll kind of look at the Jaguars draft class the rest of the way. Um, I think we can agree that Trayvon Walker has the arrow pointing upward, but eh, you know, not not the best rookie mm -hmm. season you want to see from a number one overall pick. Uh, Devin Lloyd, we kind of talked about him a little bit, just you know, kind of up and down. Right. Hopefully that you can have more of the up that you saw. It, it was weird. There was like the lull for him where he kind of lost his footing, wasn't really sure, kind of got pulled. They had to rein him back. Uh, so you you hope that maybe now that they understand the player a little bit more, he can be in a better position for next year. So and um, I'll bring that up for a second. The okay. ESPN redraft. Okay, we've got Devin Lloyd. We didn't draft, redraft him at 27. There's still, as you said, a little bit of maybe question marks with Devin Lloyd. Sure. Um, ESPN redraft had him at 32. So he didn't fall completely out of that first round. Sure. Uh, he was still a first-round pick. Just not – I mean, what's the word? He just – Underwhelming, maybe, or or just just not there yet. But again, he's not that far off. He fell five picks from that original spot mm -hmm. in the ESPN redraft, so he's not falling. You know, he's not making a, a reverse Brock Purdy kind of situation <laughs> where he's falling. You know, from the from the twenty seventh pick to the last in the draft. No, so no, no, no. he's falling just a few slides. I think the arrow is still inching upward for mm -hmm. for Devin Lloyd. But overall, um, I would not pick Devin Lloyd again at twenty seventh. I wouldn't have done it. But you know what? You, you live and you learn. And, I, and again, I think he still has the athletic tools to be a very impactful yep. player. If he can develop and put them together. But I, I think the biggest part for him is the coaching staff now knowing who he is as a player and maybe even how to help teach him the things that he needs to know. So uh, 
Again, we, I, I passed on him. But after that, after Devin Lloyd, the next one was Luke Fortner. I think we both agree that right. was a good pick Great for the pick. Jaguars uh, held down the center. After Fortner, you go to Chad Muma. This was the one that we kind of debated on a little bit at the time. Both of us kind of kind of bashed the pick a little bit as like a luxury kind of pick. Yeah. Uh, and then Muma ends up playing. So uh, um, how are you feeling about the pick now well, a little bit less than a year later? I, I still not sold that it was right. necessarily yeah. the right pick, but uh, I can see what they saw. Like Muma does look like a good player, and if they're just going – purely best player available, it is very possible that he was the best player. Yeah, and, uh, and to me, Chad Muma, again, was a, almost a luxury pick. You you threw so much, kind of like you and I did in this draft, in the redraft, yeah. throwing everything at the wall with defense, yeah. going all in on defense. So we, we stuck with that page of Trent Balky's playbook, just different players in this situation um, with those high picks, with the exception of Luke Portner. Um, it's, it's been all defense, and I just don't know if they got the right defensive guys in that draft. And again, that's not saying anything. Um, bad about those guys. They were just they were just kind of guys to me this year. And again, when when you have the benefit of hindsight, it's easy to look and, and second guess. But I would not have taken Chad Muma there. I know some draft Knicks felt he was too good to be in that spot. Jacksonville just got the best player mm-hmm. available, kind of thing. And if that was their draft board, so be it. But um, I just think you know two linebackers with your first three picks to me was a little bit extreme. That was my problem. I, I still think Chad Muma was a bit of a steal. I thought he was a good player then. I still think he's a good player now. It's just interesting that you take two linebackers mm-hmm. there. Because <clears throat> it's like, I mean, it's the same conversation. To me, it's the same conversation that I'm having with a lot of people now as you start to look at the draft and the conversation about corner comes up and they're like, well, you want to draft a slot corner in the first round? Well. In the NFL, you spend more than 60% of the time the defenses are in nickel. Mm-hmm. That means three corners are on the field. That means at minimum you got two linebackers. I mean, at most you got probably got two linebackers the majority of the time. You just paid Foyer Lewican, then you draft Devin Lloyd, and then you turn back around and draft Chad Muma. I'm like, what, why are you investing so heavily in these linebackers when you just just got two of them? Mm-hmm. So, and I, again, depth is a thing, and it, it was needed at that position, is needed at that position and across the roster. So I get it. You shouldn't just draft a player that's not good. And I do think Chad Muma was a good player. I was higher on him than where he was drafted. So I was excited for the pick. It's just interesting when you had just picked right. Devin Lloyd and had just paid Foyer Lewican. Uh, definitely does seem like a luxury pick, but I think it's one that'll pay off down the line. All right, after that, that's where we kind of get into the weeds with this draft class. Snoop Connor, I don't think we have any idea right. what he is. <laughs> You're right. Greg Jr. got cut after for, uh, training camp, got brought back late in the season on the roster, but he was on the practice squad most of the year. And then you got Buster Brown right. to wrap things up, who he kind of got his shot at corner, didn't really work great, just, then went back to being inactive. Just so. a guy to me. But, but these are late draft, I mean, you know, third day of the draft guys. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're taking flyers on guys. We have no idea if maybe, I mean, Snoop was at least on the active roster all year. True. So We saw him, you know, again, we, I thought Snoop would become more of a factor with James Robinson right. being gone, and it was actually Jermichael Hasty that wound up being more of a factor when Snoop was gone. So, to me, I didn't understand the pick at the time. It was just kind of a, eh kind of pick and uh, yeah. Greg Jr. is kind of the same way eh. um, and, and Buster Brown you know during during training camp he actually did well um, and there was kind of the thoughts of kicking the tires on him when the team started struggling right um, you know at three and seven I wanted to see a little bit more of, of Buster Brown and Snoop Connor and obviously things turned around pretty well for the Jaguars worked but, out 
I, to me, if, I, if I'm looking at this Jaguars draft class in hindsight, uh, it, to me, it's just kind of a, meh. It, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel like it did much of anything. And um, that can, and I look at, this is going to be weird, but I look at a situation like Jacksonville this year, what they did in the draft, it was just kind of, mm, that, that to me was it's kind of it. When I look at that, I look at, it's going to be weird, I look at when the Pistons drafted Darko Milicic in between LeBron and Carmelo. Yeah, Carmelo, yeah, they passed okay. up on all the stars. And you pick Darko at number two, and, okay, yeah, you're paying for that pick, but, oh, well, you get a couple championships out of that in between. You know, because there was such good class. Ben Wallace was on that, that Pistons team. Right. There was such a, you know, during that time. The but Pistons, they'd have been a dynasty if they, they had taken. Been, that's true. They would have yeah. been a dynasty. So it was tough, it's tough to bash the draft class this year in Jacksonville because of the Darko Milicic factor of the great signings and the, the overall body of work by the Trent Baalke right. uh, regime, just how well they did in free agency was remarkable. The pro- production they got in those free agents was just unbelievable. So I think if this was a typical Jaguars year where you're 4-13, and 13, people paying that draft class even oh, more. Oh, you're, dra- you're, you're dragging play, it. Because you're yeah. not getting anything out of Trayvon, Muma's a luxury, Devin Lloyd is benched. You're kind of just, you're looking at this draft class and saying, yeah, this is a terrible draft. But I think right. Jacksonville had the benefit of having a blockbuster free agency class and also saw your 2021 draft picks come on fantastic. I mean, right. Trevor turned the corner, ETN is ETN. back in the mix, Tyson Campbell looks like a shutdown guy. Mm-hmm. So I think you, you had a little bit of that to gloss over really how underwhelming this class was as a whole. You, and you can't hit home runs like you did in 2021 every year, theoretically. It just doesn't happen that way. But, I mean, if you end up with a, a starter, you, you hope that Trayvon turns into a game changer. If Trayvon can turn into, let's say he can turn into an eight-sack-a-year guy, uh, if Devin Lloyd's a solid starter, if Luke Fortner's a solid starter, uh, I mean, you still ended up with three guys out of that, even if Moomin just mm-hmm. ends up as a rotational piece. Uh, if you end up with three starters out of a draft class and some depth on yeah. your roster, it's True. not bad. True. It's just not its not the home run that, that you know, kind of pushes you over the top. Yeah, and, I, and um, going back to the draft, I, I wanted Aiden Hutchinson over Trayvon. I was more inclined to go with the proven entity over the – over the guy with the high upside. I mean, upside is that buzzword or ceiling or whatever you want to call it. I was more inclined to go with uh, with that Hutchinson. I know, I know we disagreed on that a little bit. You mm-hmm. were more apt to, uh, to, to not necessarily go with Trayvon. Swing but for you, the fences. I, I was picking Trayvon for a while. Yeah. It was just swing for the fence. Man. Yeah, so okay, we're, we're different schools of thought on that. But yeah, Aiden Hutchinson had a great rookie year. He's in he the did. conversation of rookie of the year. He did. You knew you were getting a guy in Aiden Hutchinson who was going to be what you saw in college. Where he was consistent. Um, he, he was. You knew what you were going to get with Aiden Hutchinson. Right. You know you, you were going to draft Aiden Hutchinson. He was going to be a, a rah-rah guy. He was going to get seven, eight, nine sacks, um, be solid. So you knew you were going to get that player. I think where you and, and Trent and other you know draft people who were in the Trayvon corner came in says, Aiden's ceiling is here. Trayvon's ceiling can yeah. be right here. And, you know, Trayvon has that potential to be that 13, 15 sack a year guy once he learns the position. So I, will he get there? Who knows? Right. I mean, I, to me, it, like taking Aiden Hutchinson would have been like 
drafting Eric Fisher. Mm-hmm. Like Eric Fisher had a phenomenal career. Went the terrible high in the draft. He, hmm? Terrible draft. It was a terrible, terrible draft, draft as a whole, but Eric Fisher had a, a, a good career. Played in the NFL for a long time. Was always a solid player. Would you say that he they got their worth out of that top pick? No. All right. And you know who went behind Eric Fisher? Luke Jokel. Oh. Maybe Vaselli. And I didn't think that's he, where you were going. He, he Luke Luke Fisher. Yeah, okay. So that was that was a terrible draft. That was a terrible draft. But Jaguars fans remember that draft as uh, as the the Luke Jokel draft and how bad yes. uh, that turned it, out to be. So the first two picks in that draft were completely uh, not one two kind of draft guys, but yeah, he had a, Eric Fisher, solid career, got he, second and third contracts, uh, hit free agency, did well. He did, and he played well. <laughs> and but but that's my thing. Like Aiden Hutchinson was like an Eric Fisher. He he he'll give you a solid starter more than likely out of his career. Like there's a chance that he could turn to the superstar potential, but more than likely you're going to get a ten-year guy who's going to be solid. He'll get contracts. He'll be in the NFL for a while. On the other hand. The Jaguars decided to swing for the fence in Lane Johnson. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody out there remembers Lane Johnson coming out of college, but he was raw, he was athletic, he was big, and he was a guy that people were like, we really don't know what you're going to get. But they liked him because of the combine, they liked him because of the athletic profile. He could be great. Right. He didn't go number one overall. They decided to go with the safe pick, which is fine. Lane Johnson ends up, he's the one still playing, and he's the one who's still considered, you know, one of the gold standards at his position. Eric Fisher never really reached that level. Mm-hmm. So th- that's, the, to me, that's the difference between those two. It's almost like Eric Fisher, Lane Johnson. Now, Trayvon may never hit the, the heights that Lane Johnson hit as far as, like, being the gold standard right. of his position, being one of the best at, like, you know, at, at, at his trade. But you try. Because at the end of the day, like, people, when they talk about Eric Fisher, the, the debate is whether or not that was a missed pick, you know, but that was just a bad draft as yeah. a whole. So for the most part, people are like, well, at least you got something. I mean, it could have been a loop joker, like you All said. Right. But to me, that's how I, I look at the difference is, you know, okay, well, you could have taken this guy that you know you're going to get something for the next 10 years, but, you know, you can get something from him and the team could still be awful. Mm-hmm. Or you can take the guy who you think you're going to swing for a fence at a premium position where if you hit – that home run, you've now got a guy who's cost-controlled uh, for five years, and then after that, you've got a, sp- a guy who has the potential in the athletic trades that can make him a superstar in this league, a dominant player in Jacksonville on your roster. Yeah. So uh, I, 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 like, I understand the train of thought and that number one overall pick. Like Ultimately, if like, it, I, like I'm saying Luke Fortner is a good starter, I don't know if he's ever going to be a top-five center in the league. I don't know. He could be, but like right now... If I was saying, oh, well, the Jaguars took a good starter at number one overall, people are like, that's terrible. You, you shouldn't, at number one overall, you should be getting a star. Right. A it, star. Gene Smith famously said, former Jaguars GM, said when he drafted Brian Anger in the third round over Russell Wilson that Brian Anger was a starter at punter. He drafted a starter at punter. Um, so, anyway, yeah. that, that – uh, but yeah, I agree. You, you need to if you're drafting number one, mm-hmm. you want somebody more than an Eric Fisher. You want somebody more than a, you know, more than the potential to just be kind of a guy. Right, and that, than, and that's why I started leaning toward Trayvon. Uh, the more I kind of got familiar with him in the process, and I think, the, but I think that train of thought changes a little bit with where the Jaguars are picking now. The 24th overall pick, you do want a guy who has star potential again this is a draft prospect so you want a a prospect so Mm -hmm. you're looking for a guy with all the traits that you need to be a star in the league ideally but 
if at 24, again, same thing with like Devin Lloyd late in the draft, late in the first round, if you can get a guy who's going to be a starter for at least his entire rookie contract, you're in pretty good shape because now you've got a guy cost controlled for five years. Right. You hope that, you know, maybe you can work out a deal with him and keep him around. But if not, you still got five years of starting out of that guy. Yeah. And so. Luke Portner, I mean, Luke Portner wouldn't have been a bad pick at, at 27 at all. I mean, he gave up no. four sacks as a as a center, started and, and played every game, played every mm-hmm. snap. Um, if, if he is a guy, again, at the position on the offensive line, you're talking about a, a starter who could be in that position 12, 14 years in the league. Yeah. Um, and so that, again, starter, he, he's not he's not upper elite. You know, he's not that guy yet at center who you're going to say he's a, he's an all pro right uh, right now. But again, he's a starter. He's young. Trevor loves him. Uh, he's a rookie. So that's all you can that's all you can ask. That's for. all you can ask that's for. And, ask and for. it, it kind of changes as as you go to different areas in the draft and different players. Even I mean, the Jaguars were at a point last year where they didn't feel like they like I mean I think everyone can the general consensus is that the Jaguars overachieved last season oh yes yes so last year's draft class you're swinging for the fences you're looking for guys that are going to be at their best in two to three years because they didn't expect last year to be their big push right now they're looking at it like okay the window officially open we need guys who can come in and contribute day one as players on the field, at least in a role, if not as a starter. So that 24th pick this year, you're looking for a guy, like, I mean, if you go back and look through the history of Super Bowl winners, the majority of them have at least a decent contribution from their first round pick. Right, I mean, of course. It, you, you at least have to get something from that guy, and that's how they have to look at it is, all right, well, who can come in and help us right now? Who's going to be able to, if you say the window is Trevor's rookie contract, next year's year three. Right. So who's going to be at the, and we need a guy who can help this year, and maybe they're at their best by in the next two years, but we need a guy who can come in and start, play a role. We can try and develop him some, but we need a starter or a, a playmaker right yeah. now. Yeah, and, you know, Trent even said that in his season-ending press conference where, again, Jacksonville last year, they had to do something in free agency yes. like they did. They had to swing for the fences, empty the checkbooks because they were bad. They were in bad. a teardown mode. They needed studs in there because they were, frankly, drafted poorly, mm-hmm. had not hit on free agent signings before, and you've been poorly run uh, for how many years? You need to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Change of pace now. You're 9-8. and eight. You win the AFC South Championship. You go two rounds deep in the playoffs. You're built to contend, so Correct. you're you're switching. Yep. If, you, if you look at the the perennial Super Bowl teams, you know the the Chiefs recently they had to recalibrate with offensive line. They had to really reinvest in that mm-hmm. offensive line. But when you're talking those perennial Super Bowl teams, the teams you think of like even though they haven't been in a while, but consistent teams like the Packers, you know, like the Chiefs, those guys aren't going out there and spending four hundred million dollars in free agency. Those guys are spot-filling needs in free agency right. and drafting well, and right. that's what you're doing. And Trent said, you know, when we get into this position like we're in now, we have to draft well. We have to draft and develop the guys we have mm-hmm. in our system already because when you're getting guys going on to those second contracts, the first contracts aren't big right. by NFL standards. The, second fir- ones, the first contracts are those rookie wage scale contracts. Yeah, it's your, cost control. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're good for that first contract. The second contract is the one that's the the, the bank emptier, right. if you will. The guys hitting free right. agency for that first time. The Jags spent almost $300 million in free agency last year. Mm-hmm. Guys getting that second contract. You can't keep doing that like 
Trey Balky said, you just can't. I mean, no. financially, you cannot spend like Jacksonville did last year and expect to be a good team three years from now. No. Because it's just not, you don't have the finances to do that. You need to get those guys from drafts on those cheap contracts yep. and develop those guys. So you're going to see guys in this year's draft be relied on significantly more than they may have been right. in the past for Jacksonville. And, and that's where the balance in the draft kind of is going to start to, you'll start to see it now. Like this first round, you need guys that are going to be able to come in and contribute, but maybe in the later rounds you say, okay, we're going to take a swing for this guy who has all the athletic ability. Maybe he played at some small school, lesser conference, whatever, but he didn't have the numbers or something like that, guys that they can develop late mm -hmm. in the round. Because then you say, oh, well, uh, a Tariq Woolton in the fifth round, they weren't sure that he was going to start as right. a rookie. They said he has all the physical traits to be an elite corner in this league. Let's bring him into our system and see if we can develop him. Jags and need to hire everybody from the Ravens them. scouting department and the Seahawks scouting department. The, My God, every year. Well, the, the, the thing for them is they've had a system in place. Yeah. For sustained time. The same reason why Pittsburgh seems to draft so well is when you have a system in place, the scouts understand what traits are important for that system. The coaches can communicate what's important to that system. The general managers, it, it's, it, and that's the thing like you can't sustain when you're constantly turning over coordinators, like when the Jaguars, you know, under Doug Marone, they kept firing yeah. offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator after offensive coordinator, and you never put a system in place. So a quarterback can't learn it, you can't bring players in that fit it. I mean, even if you say, like, Kyle Shanahan's system mm -hmm. in uh, San Francisco, they, he has to get the guys that fit it. It's yeah. not like a day one turnaround. And that's the thing that we'll see this offseason with Doug now that he's got more time is he's going to get rid of probably some of the guys that fit his system a little bit less, bring in some depth players, some backups that fit his mm -hmm. system a little bit more. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens at tight end. Because uh, in Philadelphia, they had a bad receiving group, but he played a whole right. bunch of two tight end sets. He didn't do a ton of that here last year, but maybe he just didn't like Dan Arnold and Chris Manhurts. Like, Manhurts gave you the blocking, but not the receiving. Mm -hmm. Dan Arnold was a little bit of both, but he's not a great blocker and not a great receiver. So maybe they bring in a guy, uh, you know, maybe they draft a guy to give him that second tight end he wants. Maybe they bring in another wide receiver who's a young developing guy behind, you know, the Calvin Ridley's, the Christian Kirk's, the Zay Joneses. Who knows? They might be in the trade market for something. Dan Arnold, uh, great character guy, though. Great character, great character guy. guy. He was right. on the leadership commission in Carolina. That's what Urban said when they traded for him. Hey, man. <laughs> you know, it, it, at least they got something for CJ. Yeah, true. They got something for CJ. No, it, it'll be interesting. I, I think they got to get some a guy in the first round who can contribute. You got to get a guy in the second round who at least is is a depth piece and mm -hmm. maybe can contribute on special teams. And then some of those later picks, you start putting together some stuff and trying to find some of those small school hidden gems places and see if you can't uh, hit a home run somewhere along the way. But I think the, the mindset's changed a little bit as far for as far as because they're at a different point in the process now. Right. So now you just need you need guys who can come in and you hope you have your stars. Right. The the hope is that Trevor's your star. Travis is your star. You've now got Calvin Ridley who you who hope is going to be a star. Uh, Christian Kirk star. Um, and on the defensive side, if if Tyson Campbell continues to get better, he's a star for right. you. You hope that Trayvon Walker becomes that star, and maybe even Devin Lloyd. You hope you have all your stars in place, and you just need the starters, the, can, the role players around them. Can you imagine in our redraft if we had Tyson Campbell and, and Sauce Gardner, how good that would be starting uh, starting 2023? Ooh. How good that would be? Wow. Ooh. 
Yeah, that that would be a that would be a fun combination. I mean, <laughs> hey, we could talk about Tyson Campbell and Jalen Ramsey. Nah, another one. Yeah, that's that's opening the book for something that I had to be another day. <laughs> I don't know. That that was that'll do it for our redraft. That'll do it for this news for Jack's podcast. Again, you can uh, like, subscribe, check out all the content. We'll be dropping more of these throughout the off season as we kind of head into free agency and then start getting ready for the draft. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.